Lots to get to on a Monday. Corbett's corner. Boston College remains undefeated. The Cardinals win a franchise record 16 straight. Hell, even the Falcons won. Let's go. The boys are buzzing. Uh, we've got lots to get to. Starting with death, taxes, and a Green Bay win behind Rodgers with less than half a minute to go. I mean, this guy's incredible. The Mason, I'm hanging on by a thread, hammering the Packers live, and Mason Crosby helped me not have an absolutely awful weekend. NFL in the books again, or rather, we've got the Monday night football matchup. I kind of like the Eagles. I think that's the better team tonight and expected to go under the 51 total as it is a divisional battle. All divisional games this week went under, and it's seven and four to the under in the 11 divisional games that have been played so far this season. I think there are three teams at the top of the NFL right now. It is the Bucks, the Rams. I know they just played each other. The Rams looked really good, beat the Bucks. We'll see how the Rams look in Tampa Bay, right? I think that's certainly a thing. But those two teams are obviously at the top of their class in the NFC. And then there's the Bills. And I might have to give the edge to the Bills for how they're playing. But remember, week one, how the hell did the Steelers? Well, we've seen Big Ben looks like a corpse up there, a skyscraper with legs. Can't throw anymore. He's throwing so many screen passes to Najee Harris. They're basically, Tomlin's hiding him until they can actually get a young quarterback of the future without Big Ben throwing a hissy fit. Um, but the Bills, I mean, aside from that, they've looked great. How, there's notably a team missing there, and it's the Chiefs. Super Bowl champs from two years ago, runner-ups from last year. They have not covered a single game. They just lost to the Chargers. They gave it up in a careless way against the Ravens, who did not look great against the Lions. Um, I mean, they look lackadaisical out there. It's like the Super Bowl hangover uh, for runner-up again, right? Like, it's just the, the, there are no look passes from a Holmes. Yeah, they're cool, but not when they're being intercepted because your receiver doesn't know he's throwing to you and it's a bit behind him and it's off his hands and it's intercepted and you lose to a sophomore quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, that division, the AFC West, has caught up with you. It looked like they, there wasn't going to be a chance. The Raiders, what are they going to do? Gruden, how's that contract look? Uh, finally, the Chargers are able to get rid of Phillip Rivers and they get the quarterback of the future. And now the Broncos get Teddy Bridgewater. It's just Teddy two shoots. All that dude does is win wherever he goes. So the Broncos undefeated. Chargers look good. Raiders look good. They're undefeated. That division is caught up with you. Um, you know, too many more losses the way and the way that the Bills look to appear to be on their way to possibly securing home field advantage. It's going to be a tough stretch. It's not just the Chiefs AFC conference to lose. Uh, there are the, the division might not even be theirs after what we've seen so far three weeks into the season. Now, the Bills play the Chiefs in a couple of weeks, so we'll get a good measuring stick game early on. Uh, mentioned the Rams beat the Bucs rather handedly, but so did the Saints last year over the Bucs. And then look what Brady ended up doing with the Bucs, hosting another Lombardi. Um, the Rams have a couple of divisional games. It begins with the Cardinals this week, fellow undefeated team. Uh, we'll get a good look at them and how that looks and also a stacked uh, division in the NFC West. The NFC West and the AFC West. How about that? Um, Brady returns to Foxborough on Sunday night. I got invited to go to that game. Um, I passed it up. Uh, I've been traveling a bit much lately. and I would have gone if BC was playing at home on Saturday. We'll get to that in a bit, but they're at Clemson, so I'd rather be in the friendly confines here my house, watch that game Saturday, not be, you know, hoisting out to Logan Airport. And then Foxborough is kind of an interesting place to get to. It's like an hour in the boondocks outside of Boston. I wasn't trying to do all that. I'd, I'd rather watch it on TV. Um, so I give the Bills the edge 
as the top team right now because they have the top defense. Jordan Poyer and the crew, I mean, they've got a great rush up front. Um, top 10 offense when Josh Allen isn't either fumbling or intercepting, and he's worked on that really well. We saw it make, uh, make strides last year, and he's continuing those, those strides this year. One interception, one fumble. Um, the offense is good, and they have the best special teams unit in the NFL behind the huge leg of Tyler Bass. Uh, base, Bass, Tyler Bass, uh, excellent kicker. For those that still do fantasy football with kickers, uh, one of my leagues, a couple of my leagues have them. That's an animal. That's a guy you need on your team. All right. Well, we usually like to make fun of Minnesota sports on this program, and there'll be plenty of that to get to. But the Vikings, credit where credit's due. They played a great game, got the home opener win over the Seahawks. Seahawks dropped to one and two. They've lost to the Titans, beat the Colts, who look like a terrible team behind Carson Wentz, who we knew was going to be terrible. Um, and the Vikings could easily be three and oh. It was an OT loss to the Bengals. It was the missed kick in Arizona, and now a really good win over the Seahawks. Kirk Cousins is playing like an MVP, and he would damn near be leading the race if his team actually was 3-0. And if it wasn't for Zimmer and the defense, I mean, they they very well should be 3-0. Now, uh, credit to the defense for limiting the Seahawks and Russell Wilson this week. So, again, Zimmer made the adjustments. The defense made the adjustments. That's a great, you know, that's a typical Vikings win in front of a raucous crowd. Crowd was excited to be there for the first time in two years because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, big win. And they stay at home against the Browns this week. That's going to be an interesting game. Kirk Cousins' numbers this year, 74% completion percentage, 918 yards, 7.7 yards per attempt, eight tutties, zero picks. I mean, that's the best season of his career if he can keep that up. Uh, tough test this week versus the Browns. Football Power Index has the Vikings. That's ESPN.com's uh, Football Power Index. They have the Vikes going nine and eight, you know, in terms of how they have them going uh, for the rest of the season. And remember, we got 17 uh, games this year. First time in NFL history we've done that. And that includes a win over the Browns this week. Is nine and eight going to get it done? In it. Oh, boy. Wish you had that kickback in Arizona, don't you? Unfortunately, that's how the NFL goes sometimes. Just look at Justin Tucker's 66-yarder to break the hearts of Detroit Lions. I was on the Detroit spread, so I didn't mind that much. I mean, hey, we covered, but all oh, Lions money line people, it's got to be a typical Lions loss. That's tough. Um, Falcons beat a bad New York football Giants team. That I told you that last week. Matt Ryan looked a lot better, but it was against the Giants. Um, the Falcons could win four straight. Okay, all right, all right. pump the brakes, Dylan. But... Home versus the Washington football team who has not covered a single game. Somehow they're favored by one. That's an easy Falcons home dog play again. I'm already locking that in. And then you're home versus the Jets, who are probably not going to cover a game coming into this. And then at the Dolphins, who I still think will be without Tua. They looked okay against the Raiders, but they still ended up losing. Those are all winnable games. And yes, I know I'm biased, but that is, hey, we, we usually lose that game against the Giants. I was still foolishly hopeful and turned out to be successfully right there so let's see if we can keep it going home dog falcons are going to beat the football team they could potentially go to four and two before they have a couple of divisional games uh espn's football power index is not a believer shocker it has the falcons going four and 13 um well let's see if maybe we can deter that 
Saquon Barkley is not good. Now I'm going to go into a little NFL tangent here. And a lot, you know, I would love to be the GM of multiple sports, multiple teams, but of course I'm just a, a fan who likes to overanalyze the sport and et cetera. So again, take whatever I say is with a grain of salt. But Saquon Barkley is not good in my opinion. If I was an NFL GM, I would never, never draft or pay a running back unless it's Derrick Henry. He is literally my only exception just because that guy is a mammoth of a human and he runs like a gazelle. Too many injuries, short careers, bad investment, bad business. You could put anyone with speed and a catching ability in the backfield and just throw it. Um, Use draft picks and money on more valuable positions. The quarterback's the name of the game. Cornerback also. Receivers turning into more valuable than running back. I, I just don't get it. Look at some notable busts in the last 10 years, the last decade, okay? Trent Richardson, uh, excuse me, Trent Richardson selected number three overall by the Browns in 2012. One of the biggest busts uh, in NFL history. Todd Gurley, number 10 in 2015, looked like a fantasy superstar, looked like an MVP. He's out of the league six years later. Ezekiel Elliott, number four overall in 2016, signs a huge contract after holding up, uh, holding out. How's that contract going to look as every single year since he's signed it, he's steadily declined, and now he doesn't even look like the best running back in his own running back room. Uh, Leonard Fournette, number four overall in 2017. How did that work out for Jacksonville? Now he's a part of a committee for the Bucs. Uh, McCaffrey's always injured. He's injured again. I th- This may sound silly to some people. I wouldn't be shocked if McCaffrey's out of the league in six years. I mean, that dude is beat up every year. Yeah, he's going to get you touches and fantasy points, but my God, why would you pay him all that money? He was also a high first-round draft pick, and I mean, we'll see how it goes, but this is two years in a row where we're seeing you know the little undersized white running back get beat up a lot by uh, the NFL defenses. And now, regardless of color, I mean, size is the main factor, obviously, there, but you don't see too many people like McCaffrey, but you're going to see him follow that uh, similar route of getting older, more and more injuries, more and more carries leads to more wear and tear. We'll see. Um, my God, my fantasy team, I, I would, I should trade. I, I don't know if you can even do that fantasy football. <laughs> I guess you can in certain leagues, but I had the number one overall pick. I think in two of my leagues I had to pick McCaffrey, right? I guess I would have been screwed either way. If you pick Dalvin cook, who just missed the game and guess what? The Vikings won. Uh, I don't understand why you pay or draft running backs high. Um, so again, Saquon Barkley, he went number two in 2018. He looks like a shell of himself uh, since getting injured last year and coming back from that injury. What is, uh, you know, do you think you maybe could have gone with someone else there for if you were the Giants? Again, this is all kind of perspective and it depends on your philosophy. But in my opinion, this is what I would do. I would not touch a running back like these teams have. Um, in that same draft, Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle, both first round picks, huh? Uh, Sony Michelle no longer with this team. I don't even know what Rashad Penny's doing. He's certainly not uh, doing much behind Chris Carson. If he's even on the Seahawks still Travis Etienne, first round pick this year, injured before he even plays a single NFL snap. You can't do it. Sign a practice squad player, get someone for the cheap and throw the damn football. No one pounds the run anymore. That is an archaic NFL strategy. Let's flip from the NFL to college football. And we got to start with Boston College. I think BC is going to take out Clemson and Death Valley. 
I'm improving my original prediction of 11 and one this year to 12. Oh. and 0. How about that? Yeah. Evie agrees with me. The dogs. Okay. Uh, let's get it. Boston College's offense looks better than Clemson's right now. If you've watched the games, that is not, I mean, that's not an overstatement. Um, Clemson does have one of the top defenses in the entire nation, but they are so damn injured. Uh, ready for this? Former top overall prospect, Brian Breesey, he is out for the year. It was announced today. So now both their defensive tackles, starting defensive tackles coming into the year, out. Um, Skalski, their legendary linebacker, is always injured. Injured, banged up. Uh, Clemson's top two running backs coming into the year have now either transferred away from the program or this guy Shipley just got injured against the loss against NC State. He's out for a couple weeks. He'll be out for this game. Um, this BC team is fearless. We should have beat them in Death Valley last year. We will not let them off the hook this year. I'll tell you what, that's my prediction. FPI, Football Power Index, has BC going eight and four, but has Clemson overwhelmingly better than BC, which giving them only an 11% chance of winning this game, that is simply not accurate at this point. Vegas, again, underestimates this team after listing Mizzou as a favorite last week. What a game. Uh, fighting till the end, the OT winner over Mizzou at home. They charged the field. I mean, that's it, that was more the, the fans were excited to be there. That's a big win. First time we beat an SEC school like in 70 years. Um, and the crowd hasn't been able to go to the games because of the pandemic. So that was a great win, exciting win. Holy crap. Uh, so I don't, you know, again, you don't, when you take out Mizzou, it's not ne- necessarily a crowd rushing moment. But hey, I love this team. This team is undefeated, one of only 26 teams in the nation excuse me, to still remain undefeated. Uh, I mean, it's great. Clemson has not covered a single game this year. A Clemson buddy sent this in mind, and we hope to have him on uh, this week to break down the game, much like we did with Jake Liefeld and Mizzou. Uh, he sends me this quote from his buddy. Vegas knows we have to score more than 15 to cover, right? <laughs> That's the thing. This game will be decided by one score. That's my opinion. Clemson, only one of nine teams in the nation who have not covered a single game. That would be amongst the likes of TCU, Mizzou, okay, okay, uh, Ohio, not Ohio State, that'd be Ohio, Rice, not the food group, but the team, the university, New Mexico, Utah, Ball State, Kansas. That's not some great company. Offensive coordinator Tony Elliott under heavy fire as the offense looks terrible, and DJ I can't even pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to even try. I'm sorry. Looks like a lesser quarterback than he did last year. That is not a good sign. Lost 10% in the change in his completion percentage. Down 10% year over year. And the sample sizes are virtually the same from his two-game stint last year and his, what, three, four-game stint here. Um, three touchdowns, three picks this year versus 5-0 and oh, uh, last year. Nine sacks this year, so it's a little bit on the offensive line, too. Again, this team has lost a lot versus three sacks just last year. The yards per attempt is down 2.6. 5.2 is his yards per attempt this year, which is awful. He's also not a great runner here. Oh, dual threat, DJ. 64 attempts in his entire Clemson career for 170 yards? That's 2.7 yards per carry. What are we, what are we missing here? BC faced a better offense than Clemson in Mizzou. I'm telling you, that's true. And was able to hold on at home. Now we need to be able to score against a top 10 defense. 
Um, NC State and Georgia Tech might have the better defense than BC. In fact, that is accurate. NC State is top five. Georgia Tech, surprisingly, top 10 defense. But BC, even without Jerkovic, is better than Georgia Tech and about equal to NC State. NC State looks pretty damn good this year. BC and Clemson have two of the best special teams units in the country. Okay, this freshman for BC hit a crucial 49-yarder. It's his first field goal attempt in his career. This guy's got ice in his veins. We've got one of the best punters in the nation. Uh, Georgia Tech and NC State have some of the worst special teams in the country. NC State should have easily beat Clemson if it wasn't for their field goal kicker going 0 for 3, including the potential game winner chip shot before they had to go win it in OT. That chip shot miss was from straight away like 34 yards. What the hell is going on? Uh, hard to not be confident as a BC fan heading into, thank you, Evie. Yes, I know. Yes. Hard not to be confident heading into Death Valley under the lights this weekend. Jeff Halfley, this is to you, my friend. Well, I wish you were my friend, but my idol, please, 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 please do not leave us. This team loves you. The college loves you. The fan base loves you. I love you. Um, please do not leave us for better weather out West. Like our former athletic director, Martin Jarman. Uh, he did that for UCLA last year. However, I can't stay mad at Martin because he brought us Jeff Halfley did great things for our program here at Boston college. And he seems to be turning around UCLA as well. Not only on the court for basketball, if you remember and on the field in his short stint there behind chip Kelly. Um, okay. So we gave you some praise Minnesota fans as the Vikings beat the Seahawks, get their first one of the year at home. Great. How'd your Gophers do? Oh, my God. I'm not going to let you slide on this. The Gophers lose on home. I'm not going to let myself slide on this because I thought the Gophers were going to win six straight. And, of course, in the most Minnesota sports way possible, they lose on homecoming to Bowling Green, who were more than 30-point underdogs. And if you were feeling a bit spicy and put a little bit of sprinkle on the Falcons of Bowling Green money line, that would have paid out 28-1. to 1. The Gophers could have had the chance, as I said, to win six straight, but of course they Minnesota sported themselves. Why the hell would USC want PJ Fleck? I've been asking that question for years, and now this is kind of just the final stamp of approval or disapproval in this case of, I don't think PJ Fleck's a good coach. Good Lord. Tanner Morgan looks worse than how Dennis Grissel played against Temple two weeks ago. How do you only throw 13 times when you're losing at home to Bowling Green? That makes zero sense to me. Now, for what it's worth, the Falcons, they didn't even play well, but they're 4-0 against the number. That's impressive for them. Um, the Gophers lost to two former Boston College discards. We threw them with Matt McDonald, quarterback, wasn't even sniffing playing time. He's Bowling Green's quarterback. Scott Leffler, our former coordinator under the Adazio era. Um, I mean, hey, good, good for them. They're 4-0 against the number, a huge win against Minnesota. But now Gopher Nation, what is in store ahead Football power index has you going three and nine. Is that a fireable offense for PJ Fleck? I thought you were supposed to row the boat. You're supposed to build off of two years ago. Not completely collapsed this year. Um, how's that buyout looking? Are you even going to be able to afford to fire PJ Fleck? That is something to keep an eye on. The Gophers, uh, absolutely classic Minnesota sports moment, losing Bowling Green at home during homecoming. Notre Dame can do something. An unimpressive 4-0, right? You know, you had the Toledo game. You had the FSU game. Those did not look like good wins, and they still don't. And you, that includes the beatdown of Wisconsin, who I thought was a terrible team also. I mean, that's 
it's basically the AP Vegas felt otherwise, I guess, but I haven't really thought Vegas has been on the money for college football so far. Uh, but Notre Dame's undefeated, and that's what matters. A win's a win. Uh, now it's at home for Cincinnati. That's going to be one of the games of the week. At Virginia Tech, they don't look great. They looked sloppy against an FCS school in Richmond. At home versus UNC, who has lost to Virginia Tech and now Georgia Tech this past week. Yikes. Those three games are interesting, but other than that, Notre Dame could run the table again. I mean, why not? Uh, USC's on the schedule. Look what USC just did at home against Oregon State. They've got a quarterback dilemma. They don't have a head coach right now. Um, You know, if if they could keep up healthy quarterback play, that's going to be the key issue for Notre Dame going forward. But how about this guy, their backup, Drew Pine, former New Canaan Ram, my old stomping ground? He looks very solid. BC wanted him, but he spurned us for ND. Um, that'll wrap up college football as we look forward to another great weekend. BC Clemson, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Arkansas. We got to get another update from our guy, Andy Stoops, after we both predicted Arkansas wins, takes out Texas A&M. They head to Georgia. Arkansas hasn't lost a cover yet, but Georgia's Georgia. That's going to be interesting. We'll we'll hopefully hear from Andy Stoops uh, coming up this week. The St. Louis Cardinals. Unbelievable. The cardiac cards. 16 in a row. And Dan McLaughlin, credit to you, sir. One of the best play-by-play guys in the business. Coining, uh, coining the phrase, the run in 21. Love it. Love it. Uh, not unlike 11 and 11, huh? It's got to be destiny, right? Franchise best win streak. Best win streak in the National League since 1951. That's 70 years, folks. Uh, when the New York Giants went on to win the pennant in that 1951 season. Huh? 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 31 homers and 16 wins. I mean, (laughs) the Cardinals usually don't have power, right? But now they've got O'Neal, Goldsmith, Arenado. Uh, The power is there. Looks like we're going to head to L.A. or San Fran for the wild card. And if you win, it's going to be heading to one of those two places as well. Dodgers currently two games back of the Giants as we are in the final week of the MLB regular season. I think the Dodgers are still the best team in baseball, the defending champs. But crazier things have happened in the one game wild card. Uh, And if we take out the Dodgers, the Giants, Brewers, Braves, do not scare me. Um, So Cardinals, we'll see. They're off tonight. See how long this win streak can go. They basically locked up the wild card. Brewers already took the division. But uh, again, a magical September for your St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Didn't know if they could do it. I I knew September is always a magical time. You could go on a run. I was theorizing, but I didn't. This team was playing 500 ball the entire season. And something magic happened. And credit to that locker room, credit to that roster. Um, you know, Lester and Happ have turned out to be better than expected pickups at the deadline. You know, I was expecting us to just, they were terrible and et cetera. But you've got veteran arms now eating innings and winning games. So, uh, you know, my applause goes out to the Cardinals. Uh, they must have known what they were doing, certainly. Uh, so let's see what we can do, not only uh, the rest of September, but into October. Uh, the USA destroys Europe in the Ryder Cup on home soil. And, and, you know, just kind of breaking it down, it, it was just a flat-out better roster. I mean, it was – people look at that line, uh, USA's favored, Europe's won nine of the last 12, you know, so they've been dominating. But this, <laughs> this roster was just – in hindsight, I'm like, how the hell – this shouldn't have even been close, and it wasn't. 19-9 to route in front of an insane crowd. These guys are doing shotguns. I mean, what an event. Uh, hopefully we can talk to Eddie Quartz this week about what it was like being there as he was uh, on the grounds, so to speak, boots on the ground. I mean, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, 
Patrick Cantlay, who just won the FedEx Cup, Brooks and Bryson squash the beef. Bryson DeChambeau drives the green and Eagles on the final day on hole one. Spieth, DJ, last year's FedEx Cup winner. Morikawa, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Harris English, um, and Scotty Scheffler. Europe just had John Rahm and Rory, who played like ass um, most of the weekend. Shane Lowry, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, those are names, but they're not in the league of the entirety of the USA roster. Fleetwood's a bust. Uh, I like Victor Hovland, but Terrell, Tyrell Hatton's a hothead. He's, I don't, he's a name. He doesn't really perform. Matt Fitzpatrick's fine, but Bernard Weisberger? Excuse me? I, I would have saw Weisberger. If I knew he was on the Europe team, I would have put my entire house my, the deed to my house on the USA, uh, 19 to nine route for the USA in the Ryder cup. And we're not done bashing on the Minnesota sports town. Again, Vikings. Hey, you got to win. Good job. All right. Clap it up. Uh, Gophers embarrassing loss. How about this? I'm not letting you slide here. This is, I'm probably the only guy who has this on my radar, right? The Minnesota Lynx lose in the WNBA second round at home as a four and a half point favorite against the Chicago Sky, and you lose by 13. What the? I mean, Glenn Taylor just can't get this dude. It, the Lynx have had a storied franchise. Hey, I guess that's the one bright spot that Glenn Taylor's done for this freaking uh, city. But uh, the Lynx had a good team this year, and they just got blitzed at home. Uh, Minnesota sports strike again. But at least you get to hold on to the Vikings win this Sunday, see if they can keep it going on on the Browns. I know I'm holding on to my Cardinals, my Eagles, the Falcons win. Loving it here on Corbett's Corner. Hope you are with us as well. Uh, check out the latest episode of Winging It from last week. We had Bianca Parado, stand-up comedian on. Join us as our guest. Great episode. Hit the shop for your, all your Winging It meet, uh, merch as we're approaching the sold-out status. So get them while you can. And Joey Miranda, our graphics guy, graphic designer, he's in the lab creating some more stuff for the podcast network. Busy, though. He's got the busy season for his full-time job, but that is on the way this fall. Uh, lots of content on the way this week as we'll get winging it as well. Another week of Corbett's. And how about Sebastian Urban breaking the curse here? He got his first win with the Packers last night. He's now 1-8 and eight on the year. I'm not doing so hot, so I can't even taunt. Um, but we'll get a full breakdown of Clemson. BC, Arkansas, Georgia. We'll take a look at our respective NFL teams and get our NFL analysts here on the program as well. Lots to get to this week. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. I got the Eagles tonight and the under.